presentation of Real Racing USA. This is Dirt World, and uh, I want to introduce you to Joe Dirt and Billy the Kid. Take it away, guys. Good evening, Jack, and uh, good evening, everybody, on RealRacingUSA.com. Just like Jack Smith said, my name is Joe Dirt, alongside with my good friend tonight, Billy the Kid Osborne. We're here on our second installment of Dirt World. We're certainly glad you're with us this evening here on Dirt World. I want to remind everybody, you can chime in. Now, Jack, there's a number that they can call to join us, but... Most importantly, we have set up an email. We want to hear from all of you, the listeners on RealRacingUSA.com. Simple to do that, folks. All you got to do is DirtWorld at Yahoo.com. Just log on, DirtWorld at Yahoo.com. We've got that up right now. We'll be glad to talk to you via the World Wide Web. Billy, good evening, sir. What's going on, Joe? How you doing, man? Wonderful. Looking forward to this one. And, you know, keeping with the promise to our listeners on RealRacingUSA.com, listening to Dirt World, tonight another talent-packed program brought to you, of course, uh, uh, here on Dirt World. Tonight we'll talk to the Dirt Tracks Dominator, the driver who certainly needs no introduction out of Morrisburg, Tennessee, Team Zero's driver, Scott Blomquist, also big sprint car driver tonight, Bill. Terry McCarl will join us a little bit after 8 o'clock. He's actually at the Knoxville Nationals, which kicks off tonight. He's not racing, but he's in his suite. He said about 10 after 8 he'd like to join us in the We'll talk about it. He was third last year at the Knoxville Nationals. He's a hometown favorite out there. And Monday night he had uh, kicked off what they call the Knoxville Nationals with the, the Front Row Challenge, which is what goes on every year on Monday, a race that he puts up. And uh, it was something spectacular. And then uh, last night was the wingless cars, and they said it was unbelievable. And I uh, got a call from my good buddy Lenny, who's out there this week, and uh, he's actually outlaw chaser 24. And, and he was telling me that uh, Damian Gardner, yeah. who was a um, on our show who won the Chili Bowl this year, he said he ain't never seen anybody drive like this guy can drive. And he was talking about Swindale, how Swindale was all over the racetrack. He goes, man, if you ever get a chance to see a wingless sprint car race on third, yeah. that's what you need to do. But, you know, speaking of that, Terry McCarr will be here with us about 10 after 8. We have a huge show. Last week we called it the Green Flag Show. What are we going to call it this week? I'll tell you what. It's, uh, it, I'll be coming it, it, around to complete lap one. I mean, yeah, what, what, is, what is this, a 10,000 lap <laughs> show? Is, I, yeah, no doubt. We hope so. Anyway, this is after once around, I like to say. But uh, <laughs> Also, we'll talk to the World of Outlaws late models announcer, and uh, he certainly does a lot more than that. Rick Eshelman should check in with us tonight. Billy gives us a lot of good information. He, of course, enjoying a, a much-deserved uh, week off uh, as he made the trip back to Phoenix City, Alabama. But uh, they're ready to hit the road again. 
and uh, Rick Eshelman will check in with us as well. But uh, like you said, just a big show, and we're, we're just glad to be able to bring this to you each and every week, folks. I want to also remind you, uh, in addition to RealRacingUSA.com, which the majority of you, well, all of you are listening on, uh, we can also be heard on WHBE 102.1 FM in Lakeland. That's every Saturday at 11 o'clock. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Be heard at Lakeland, and, uh, you know, I know this is a dirt show, but speaking of Lakeland, I mean, we're going to miss that place, and... Uh, I was talking to a gentleman today, actually, uh, Paul Purvis, yeah. the owner of uh, Swainsboro. He was thinking about coming down to the auction on Saturday to buy some stuff, but he's going through some troubles with uh, he's having some kind of leg surgery on Friday, so I don't think he was going to make it. He, he was asking if I was going to go down if I wanted to do a little bidding for him. But, you know, I mean, that's one of them things where you can't control what's going on, and I'm sure everybody talked about it sooner, but, I mean, or, you know, on Monday and Tuesday nights. But, you know, our show is based around dirt, but any time a racetrack closes in the state, whether it be asphalt, dirt, brick, or whatever, we still want to talk about it. So That's a great racetrack, and it track, and it will certainly uh, be sorely missed. But uh, Volusia Speedway Park in action Saturday night. You guys got uh, rained out Friday night at Ocala. Yeah, Friday night was rained out. It rained most of the morning there, and the place was just underwater. Uh, Mike called me a little bit after 10 on Friday morning and said, can't go. It's underwater. Well, I noticed they had got a lot of rain on Friday, too, but... You know, a big show this weekend, late malls are back, and I talked to a few of the guys today that said they're going to hit that on Friday night on their way to Waycross, Georgia, for the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series race, which takes Saturday Waycross. Let me get this out of the way. Yeah. The first annual Barberville Wiener Nationals went yeah. off Saturday night as we raced Dachshunds uh, 50 feet the distance right on your front straightaway. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, well, it was great, actually, and, of course, I had an entry, little Will Will, Wilhelm, uh, A.K.A. Willie the Wind. Yeah. He was in the field. Now, Willie certainly gave a good account of himself. He started off in the qualifying heat race. He won that heat race without a problem at all. Uh, feature time, he was only able to do third. Now, we are going to chalk that up to crew problems. Yeah, Billy, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you. My son's not here, so this is good. I can talk about it. I'm going to let you explain what happened. Well, I'm standing there watching, and then they say... Uh on you, Mark, it said, or one, two, three, you're counting down. I said one, two, three. Yeah, and when you get to three, he never turned loose. I mean, you might as well have been at five or six for you. Like, oh, that was like an Ashley Force light. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so Bad RT. Yeah, it was, I mean, but, you know, it, uh, it, it take nothing from Wilhelm. He was fast, and it was a good time. I mean, uh, I mean, I want to see him go to the heat races, three laps and a six-lap feature, but nobody wanted to do that, so y'all just set him up a little straightaway deal. But, you know, we all had fun. It was a great time, and. This weekend should be a big time, too, with wrestling and racing and all that's going to take place a little bit later on. We'll talk about that. That is going to be deep, man. The Florida Wrestling Association and, and I'll tell you, Tanya Michelle working so hard to bring extra promotions out to this racetrack. And let's face it, Billy, I mean, w you have to do these creative promotions today to get people out of the air conditioning, to get them out of their, out of their living rooms. I mean, and these are things Tanya's trying to do, and I, and I applaud her for it. You're exactly right. I mean, we, we, you know, going through the summer, we, we used to have something like once every other week or once a month, but she's got stuff scheduled for every weekend. I mean, the dog race Saturday night was a good deal. I mean, it had a lot of people stand out there, a lot of people cheering. And you got to remember, too, fall back to the boxcar race that we had a couple weeks ago. You know, you, 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 we had that boxcar race, and you had, I told all the drivers at the driver's meeting, these kids stand here every Saturday and cheer you on. So for one time, let's everybody go to the straightaway and cheer them on. That was a huge success, too. So, you know, the thing she's doing, I think, is, is working out for the Speedway is getting people in the grandstands and everybody's having a, a glorious time. Hey, we were done 10.30. 10.30, no doubt. I mean, we had a, we had a great night. And, and like you said, we'll have a, a better one this Saturday night. Uh, a lot of local action to talk about that took place over the previous weekend. Uh, Billy, you've got a lot of results there. And, of course, we'll take all of our listeners through that. I want to remind everybody, once again, uh, Dirt World Show at Yahoo.com. 
Uh, we're going to have Scott Bloomquist on here in just a few minutes. Then, of course, we'll follow that up with uh, Terry McCarl. And uh, if you have a question you'd like to ask one of these two drivers, uh, certainly uh, just send us an email. Uh, we update it every few minutes, and, and we'll gladly relay that on to that driver. You know, we still want to talk about the results before we get uh, before we get Bloomer on the on the line. Uh, last Thursday night, we do the show every Wednesday, so I like to try to cover what happens, you know, big in the in dirt race in between now and then. But last Thursday night in uh, Bedford, Pennsylvania, in the Lucas Oil, it, they only ran 24 laps. It's a 30 lap show. They ran 24 laps because of the fog. We've had that happen at Volusia. I'm sure everybody's had it happen where the fog set in. But they stopped the race at 24 laps. Steve Francis was your winner, Earl Pearson second, Josh Richards third, Jeremy Miller fourth, and Rick Eckert fifth. The very next night, they went to Winchester, Virginia. Earl Pearson was the winner, Jimmy Owens second, Steve Francis third, Donnie Moran fourth, and Steve Casebolt fifth. This Francis guy, yeah. he's a World of Outlaw competitor. When, like we talked about last week, when there's nothing going on, these guys like to run other shows. Oh, yeah. And then I get to this for Saturday, which they run Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They ran Saturday at Hagerstown. Bart Hartman was the winner. Jimmy Owens second, Josh Richards third, Pearson fourth, Steve Francis fifth. Yeah, he's there, man. So he goes from winning to third to fifth, and if they ran one more night, he'd probably finish eighth. So yeah, we, exactly. That's why he didn't run. Exactly. But, you know, talking about the Cedar Lake deal, the Cedar Lake, the Cedar Lake USA Nationals was Saturday night, and I talked to a gentleman that I deal with in uh, Diecast out, out in the Midwest, and he was telling me uh, he went to the 100 lapper. He doesn't like to do a lot of 100 lappers, but he said when they came to the checkered, Bloomquist was on the bottom, Bab was on his right quarter panel, and Berkey was on his right quarter panel. And he said Berkey had went. Berkey was there last week. You know, he was on our show last yeah, week. Absolutely. Again. And he, they said Berkey had a flat tire, went in the pits, came out, and still finished third. So to come back through the field like he did, man, what a run that was. You know, you talk about Bab and Berkey. Those are just uh, a couple of about, I don't know, a handful of drivers that Scott Bloomquist really, really likes to race with. I mean, and let's face it. I mean, there's a lot of young talent out there that is, in fact, talented. But guys that, you know, they're kind of loose, loose guns. You don't know what's really going to happen. Uh, you know, uh, quoted from Scott Bloomquist, you know, there are five guys in Shannon Babb, uh, Brian Burkhofer, uh, Chris Madden. These are just three of a cup of, of a handful that, that he really does enjoy driving with. And uh, that was neat to see Babb and Berkey right there with him. Well, the thing about Bloomer is a lot of people don't understand, but Bloomer's racing for a living as well as a lot of those guys are. But... He's been doing it for years. I mean, this isn't yeah, something... 25, that, yeah, 26. Yeah, this isn't something that happened overnight here. But you can pretty much see Bloomer, he, he's a kind of a quiet person at the track. I mean, don't get wrong, he'll talk to you, but he's not going to walk around to your pitter and see what you not got because really and truly he don't care what you got. That's right. You know what I'm saying? But to, when he started this Bloomquist chassis deal, everybody talked about these Bloomquist chassis. You know, I sat down with Jimmy Owens. I sat down with, with Smokey, and I talked to him about it. And this is one of them deals where, hey, man, they just feel privileged to be a part of this deal. There's only a certain few in, that have them, and I think that's what he's done. He's picked himself a certain few guys that, that aren't going to say, that aren't going to go out there and roughhound with somebody. It's not going to go out there and work. You ain't got to worry about one of your guys turning somebody else around. You see what I'm saying? So the guys he, he picked and chose, the guys that he knows are going to represent his company well, and they have. Jimmy Owens, I mean, this, this north-south race Saturday night, Jimmy Owens is a defending winner. Oh, yeah. He, he is so focused on this race car, and you talk about the chassis. A little known fact is you can't just go and, and call Scott and say, hey, I want a chassis. No. First of all, you're going to buy two. Yeah, two. Okay, it's going to cost you money. And you're not just buying two rolling chassis. Right. You're buying two complete race cars. Right. And when you buy that, you're not just buying those race cars. You're buying 
uh, research and development that Scott has put intensely into these programs right. because he knows what works. There are so many things, and, and I should save some of this for Scott because, I mean, certainly he'll give us good information, but there are so many different components to this race cars, the Bloomquist chassis, that he feels he has an advantage with that other things in perhaps GRT, Master Built, that maybe be, it may be being overlooked. Right. And, uh, and, and again, he'll tell you right now, he's not trying to compete in a, in a mass-produced factory with GRT, Rocket, Master Built. He's doing what he's doing, he, he, and he loves what he's doing in the performance uh, it shows. Yeah, I mean, if you look at anything that has a 100 behind it, any race that has a 100 or is a 100 lapper, he's always right there in all the 100 lap races. And a lot of people ask him, and I said to him, I said, Mason, I don't know why. He goes, I don't know. He, he said to me one time, he goes, 30, 40 laps, man. I just now got in the car. Yeah. He said, 100 laps. I know what she's doing. I yeah. know what I need to do. That's he right. said about lap 60 or lap 70. You know, you might be 10th or 11th. He goes, but yeah. you know what? I got 30 to go, baby. That's right. Well, they don't wore out their stuff. Here I come. And, you know, and these are such simple, fundamental thoughts that this guy has. And there are some other things that I'm, I'm going to save to ask Scott about uh, some of his experience, of course, starting in California, moving to Tennessee at 18 years old, his dad an airplane pilot, uh, and, and a lot of things that his dad taught him that applies to racing a car, you know, uh, just like flying an airplane. So we'll talk about that. But uh uh, he's unbelievable. You talk about his patience level. Right. You know, there are guys out there, and, and he'll tell you, man, you, there's probably 10 to 12 guys, if you start in the back, that you don't even have to try to pass right. because they're probably going to go out before this thing's over with. So it, it's all about patience. You're exactly right. You know, and, and Scott Blomquist, he's, he, I mean, people look at him, you look at him in a whole different scenario because he is Scott Blomquist, and, and it's like it's almost like Earnhardt Jr. It's like Jeff Gordon. You either He's like iconic. Him, you either like him or you don't. And, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I see more people wearing Bloomer shirts than I don't see wearing them. But, you know, going back to Scott Blomquist, he has been around a long time. But the thing about it is he's been victorious, like he said, and no matter what he's been in. Yeah, he won the All-Tail 100, which is a big modified race. And let me tell you something, folks. If you didn't see this All-Tail 100, over 400 modified showed up. This was a week-long deal, and the winner was him. That was the, you yeah. know, oh, yeah. so, I mean, that's a hundred grand and a modified. He's close to five big ones oh, yeah. in the late models. Oh, yeah. He's got about 480, right. I believe it is. Right. He's real close to 500 wins. Yeah. I mean, has that ever been even closely accomplished? I, yeah, I don't know. No. I mean, you look at your Freddie Smith. I mean, guys have been racing for 40 years. Right. He's not even close. Right. You know, and, and we could go on and on and on. But uh, before we get him on the line, let's let's go ahead since we're going to have a packed show. Why don't we go ahead and cover the National Late Mall Sportsman deal that happened uh, Friday night in Penton, Alabama? And uh, how did Ray Miller's boys do? They had uh, Ray Miller had about 31 cars, I believe, on Friday. It was a good show. Uh, local 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 driver Patrick Williams uh, took the lead on lap one. He qualified fourth, and they drew pills, and he started outside the second row or outside the front row, and they went off down turn one. Him and the guy on the pole got together a little bit. No caution. He drove off from him, but. I mean, he was gone. I mean, everybody I talked to said that he had the car to beat. I talked to Collins. I talked to uh, Sean Smith. Everybody said the same thing. This guy had the car to beat. Matter of fact, they told me during one red flag, uh, Johnny Collins pulled up to him and said, why don't you slow that thing down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming to lap 31, the motor broke on Patrick. So uh, he was done for the night and then done for the weekend because he didn't go to Phoenix City. But on Friday night, Ben Faircloth got the win. Johnny Collins was second. Jason Fitzgerald, who was your fast qualifier, was third. Dana Ireland was fourth. And Mark Whitener, fifth. Then Saturday they rolled to Phoenix City. They Friday they was at Penton, Alabama. Saturday they rolled to Phoenix City where Jordy Nippler got the win. Mark Whitener second. Russell Brown Jr. third. Jeremy Faircloth fourth. And Mitch Fulford was fifth. Nice. Good good show for Ray. Yeah. I mean, this is what Ray needs right now, too. Yeah. Of course, the 
uh, United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series taking a week off. Where are they next? They go to Waycross this Saturday night. Okay. Should All be right. a big show for them Saturday night. Waycross is their first trip to Waycross, but uh, I was talking to Ken a little bit before I came here, and he's all excited. I talked to a few other drivers who are heading that way. Everybody's pretty much ready to go. And uh, Tell me this. You've got results there. I don't know if you have the entire finishing order, but how many crossover drivers made that trip to Penton, Alabama, with Ray's show that come from Ken's show? They still, it still had probably 15 cars that do both. Okay. In that nature. Okay. I didn't really get, like I said, I didn't get the final results, but... You know, they're, they're sharing it a little bit. It's going around, and I think, it, I think it'll work out until the end of the year, but we'll see how. Gotcha. Well, Jack, i tell you what. We are at about 15 minutes until 8 o'clock. Uh, if you don't mind, we're going to step back, take a real quick pit stop, and uh, come back with more. And, of course, uh, the driver of Team Zero, uh, Scott Bloomquist. We'll be right back. You got it. Hi, I'm Don O'Neill, driver of the number 71 race car, and you are listening to The Real Race in USA. Your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done. Bud Light presents Real American Heroes. Real American Heroes. Today we salute you, Mr. Footlong Hot Dog Inventor. Mr. Footlong Hot Dog Inventor. When conventional wisdom said no one could make a hot dog longer than six inches, you dared to dream. Dared to dream. You knew the limitations of a regular size hot dog bun, and you ignored them. Can't stop me now. You made a 10-inch wiener, and people cheered. But you weren't satisfied. You said, wait, I think I can still give you two more inches. And so the footlong was born. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, Mr. Hot Dog Hero, because you gave every single one of us our fondest wish, a bigger wiener. Bud Light Beer at Isaac St. Louis, Missouri. The following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. This is Joe Irwin. And this is Wayne Jefferson. From Jefferson Irwin Racing. And you're listening to Real Racing USA. Wow, 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 wow,
We're back with uh, Joe Dirt and Billy the Kid. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, My name is Joe Dirt, Billy the Kid, alongside, as always, every Monday night. And welcome back to Dirt World. It's Wednesday night. Wednesday night, man. We're doing so many damn shows. Too many shows. Folks, want to remind everybody that uh, you can uh, be a part of this program simply by logging on to yahoo.com. Just email us at dirtworld at yahoo.com. Dot com right now on the line with us and Dirt World Show. Dirt World Show, man, I am just uh, yeah. That's probably why we don't got any emails. Dirt yeah. World Show at yahoo.com. You haven't corrected me yet. If I'm I've been sorry, doing that's it wrong, the first time I heard. It. All right, Dirt World Show at yahoo.com. Anyway, forget about that. Right now we have a huge guest. With yeah, we really do. Checking in from Mooresburg, Tennessee, uh, iconic driver uh, in dirt late model racing. Of course, uh, driving the Team Zero. Hawkeye Trucking, Miller Brothers Coal. I can go on and on with these sponsors, folks. But uh, uh, welcome to. Dirt World, Mr. Scott Bloomquist. Scott, how are you, sir? I'm good. One thing I can tell you for sure is scottbloomquist.net will get you me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that a little bit. I was on there today. If you I ever throw that in while you guys are trying to figure right. out who you were. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're still learning ourselves. <laughs> well, you know, you got scottbloomquist.com. Yeah, no, we've got that. Com, net, you know. You got uh, it all. You know, the ozone, whatever. Hey, you're one of them guys that you Google his name and it's just pages and pages. It's like six weeks long. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, uh, hopefully people don't have that much time. No, but it's all good, though. Scott, we, once again, <laughs> thanks for being with us. Certainly, you know, what we got to talk about here is this, this huge weekend you're coming off. Uh, I mean, you, you snatched 50 grand right out of the pocket uh, of Berkey, Bab, Madden. I mean, all these guys were there, and uh, you just... You know, you shined when it when it, when it really mattered, and uh, this was certainly one of the majors up at Cedar Lake, the Nationals, and uh, you got to feel good about that, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, we had some uh, problems last year, uh, you know, with the track preparation, and we got hit with a big clot in the first few laps, and actually it's the first time I've ever been knocked out. And uh, I came to right away, though, and, and I looked up, and I'm like, whoa, and, I, and just pulled to the inside of the racetrack, and, and let the whole field go by, and and uh, I thought I'd broken my nose, which actually looked like it straightened it, and wow. you know, but blood was you know coming out of my nose, and uh, and I and I was really upset because before the race started, I told them there's no way that you know blading that cushion off across the racetrack and and packing it in the way they had it would work, you know. But right. anyway, uh, this year they did a great job and and prepped the track really well, and. Uh, uh, you know, that's a great racetrack. I really recommend anyone going to it, uh, and a great show. And and the guys that really matter there and always run good there, we're all there. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's difficult to beat Brian Burkhofer and Shannon Babb and, uh, you know, some of the others that were there. You know, those boys were there at the end, and, and we had a great finish. Uh, you know, a little bit of traffic came into play there, but... And we had a, we had a little lead. Looked like we everything was under control, and then obviously traffic always comes into play. Sure, right. sure. Scott, you know you you talk about patience and, and being there at the end, and you talk about 
Shannon Babb, Brian Burkhoffer. I mean, these are a handful of guys I was talking before we had you tonight that, that you really, really, truly like to race with. I mean, you, you see the young talent moving up in the ranks in, in late model racing, and but quite frankly, you're just not quite sure, you know, what these guys are going to do. You know what to expect out of the Moequa missile and, of course, Berkey and Smokey. Is that really the case? I mean, is it just a, a mutual respect level that you have for those guys? Well, you know, yeah, I think that it comes from, you know, running enough races and uh, and having people disrespect you. And then and then finally, you know, racing against some guys that have been in a position enough that we've been in to win big events. And, you know, they can only hope. You know, if you've never been in a position to win a big race, you know, you're always just reaching, yeah. searching, just, you know, and and thinking you're going to be able to pull it off by doing some miracle. Well, it's not miracles that wins big races. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's it's being, it's taking care of your equipment and and not bumping into things and not knocking the corners off and, uh, uh, you know, and, and not having somebody that thinks they owe you one when you get to the big race. You know, speaking of big races, this weekend's another big race, the North-South 100. I know you're going to head there. Uh, I mean, that, that's, that place hasn't been too bad, has it? No, 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 no. That's I mean that's always a pretty interesting race to go to. Uh, you know the the thing about that place. I mean we've been good there so many times. We've won the race, uh, and I think a couple of times at least, maybe three. But uh, it's really a crazy place because when the caution comes out, it's almost like you reshuffled the deck. <laughs> and and you really don't know what to expect. You know it, it's like okay. Uh, Let's reshuffle and uh, you know let's, let's put a new twist to it, you know. And you, and and you think you're really, I mean, I've I've been so sure I was going to win that race, and a caution come out, and it's like the lights were turned off, and <laughs> it's so hard to figure that out, you yeah. know, and and how to manage your tires, and you know that's that's so difficult there. Uh, if you try, if you race a little too hard. Uh, early, uh, you know, and you take all the edges off your tires when there might be a little bit of traction out there and then get a caution, uh, it's like you're on ice. And, you know, so it's really, it's one of the places that I think everyone that goes there is unsure. Uh, You can never really count on or think that you have it in the bag or you're going to win the race because that caution comes out, you don't know what's next. Exactly. Scott, of course, uh, you've done just about everything that you could po- possibly accomplish in dirt late model racing. Now, of course, uh, chassis building, which, uh, I mean, that's just a, an, an amazing accomplishment right there, what you're able to put together with that program and, and, and everything that you've done there. But uh, I want to put a rumor to rest here. Your home track, I would consider, just down the road there, Bulls Gap. Uh, now everybody's saying, oh, Bloomy's buying Bulls Gap. Put that to rest for us, man. Yeah, you know, I've heard that twice. Though, so. <laughs> Uh, one thing people can be rest assured, I ain't buying a damn thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh, you know, I mean, right now with the economy the way it is, uh, and one thing that people that know me really know, you know, like I need something else to do. Exactly. Right. I got enough to do. Uh, <laughs> you know, to do to do something with a racetrack like that, uh, you know, the racetrack has so much potential, and, uh, you know, Joe Lovin's done real well with it. You know, there's there's a few things that could be done there, I think, to get people in and out to improve it. But 
I mean, in the big picture of things, uh, it's one of the best racetracks in the South. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've always considered that being someplace that, uh, you know, when I've been 10, 15 years from now, would enjoy, because I really enjoy working on racetracks. I've helped work with people on prepping racetracks in oh, the yeah. past. And and, they, and it's, it's really uh, kind of a surreal deal for me to get out and, and, and prepare and work and pack and, and play with uh, shaping and doing things with racetracks because I've seen so many of them that, and can usually figure out where the problem is. I mean, it's, that's, the, that's the biggest problem still in our sport today is uh, yeah. so many promoters really don't have a clue. Uh, and as much as they might watch a race at the racetrack, you know, to me, it's it's pretty common sense stuff that when you've got an area on your racetrack that no one can get on, add some bank. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, where uh, if you've got somewhere that, that everyone stays, take some away. Sure. And each week you can just you know, manipulate the groove until you finally have two to three grooves on a racetrack. Uh uh, you know, which I know with the economy the way it is and the, the diesel fuel prices and so on. Uh, you know, I've seen a few places where there's less preparation than there should be. Uh, you know, it costs money. Sure. And, uh, that's just something, though, that I've thought at some point in the future, whether I have a racetrack or not, that I would enjoy going around helping people to make their racetracks uh, where they can get all, everything out of them sure. possible. If you're just joining us, folks, we're talking to Mooresburg, Tennessee's dirt track dominator, of course, Scott Bloomquist, on the line with us here on Dirt World on RealRacingUSA.com. Scott, you talk about racetrack preparation, and I've seen you read these tracks. I've seen you walk out. I've, I've seen, seen you on a grader. Oh, yeah. I've seen you work the tracks and, uh, you know, really hands-on. Uh, Charlotte 2007 World Finals. Uh, you know, I know nothing about setting up a dirt track, but when I first looked at that place and you guys took to that track, I thought, this is terrible. It obviously wasn't as bad as I thought it was, was it? Well, no. I mean, you know, the big thing there, uh, that's probably as good as the racetrack has, has been. Uh, you know, the second night, yeah, like it was over-prepped on the bottom and yeah. made it where no one could race until they finally burned that off. Uh, it, it's, it's really difficult having people make calls on a racetrack that have never drove a race car. Uh, I hear you. I, you know, I think that and that's why I, that's why I think that I could really you know add some some, some promoters and owners and, and maybe give some advice or even uh, you know I mean I'm not saying I mean obviously you only got so much time in life but uh, I think I could be an advisor and do a lot for a place and I can I, I, I can do it myself so no doubt about it if they want if they want me to come in and do it you know maybe uh, ten years from now when I'm not racing as much, and I, you know, I'd really like to do all I can for this sport and to help uh, promoters and to make racetracks better, so fans could really get their money's worth and and drivers can really uh, show their talent. You know, it's really a shame you go somewhere and and the track gets where there's only one lane and and a guy that just can't stand following. You know, everyone in a line jumps outside and then he drops back five spots and. The, and the fans that are at that racetrack haven't seen much different, and they're, they're thinking, boy, he ain't so damn good, is he? You know? <laughs> and oh, and yeah. you just because you you refuse to just fall in line and follow, sure. uh, you know, and running third, fourth, fifth, 
you know, the, the true racers, they're not there for that. And, exactly. And they're willing to just jump out of line and, and sacrifice some spots. And then it was like, well, it wasn't so impressive. But it, it's not, it, it's something that I think can be worked with a lot more. And I think that uh, a lot of a lot of fans all over the United States have never really seen uh, a real race to the level of uh uh, until they travel to some of these big events. You know, Absolutely. There's, there's key racetracks, and there's there's places that you go that you could be guaranteed you're going to see the fastest man win the race. I'm gonna tell that's you, exciting. That's Absolutely. You, I'm going to tell you right now, i got a good friend that lives out in the Iowa area, and he saw you this weekend at Cedar Lake. matter of fact, he probably handed you two or three die-cast cars to get signed, and he talked. To, I talked to him this uh, this week, and he told me that, that he don't go to 100-lap races, races. But that's the best race he's ever seen. He yeah. said, I, go, I go to the 40 and 50 lappers. He goes, I haven't been to a 100-lap race in probably 10 years. He goes, well, Billy, I'm going to tell you something. That was the best race I've ever seen. I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. With you know, with the, People don't get out and see the big shows. That's right. And I said a long time ago, and I'll continue to say it, I think the race car drivers make the best track prep people. And I tell people that all the time. When you have a problem with your track, ask a race car driver that there, and they know about it, how to fix it. What do we need to do here? Who better to ask? Thank you. They're the ones that's working I mean, on They know. Yeah. How many of them have we seen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Folks, uh, while we got uh, Scott Bloomquist, you have an opportunity to log on to Dirt World Show at Yahoo.com. If you got a question for Scott, we're going to wrap him up very soon here. So it's Dirt World Show at Yahoo.com. If you've got a question, we refresh that while, every few minutes. While you're on there, ScottBloomquist.net. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. Scott, uh, of course, uh, we're down here in the south where we don't, get to enjoy that Tennessee clay or the Carolina clay or Georgia or even the clay out west. I mean, we're dealing with a uh, what we call a swamp gumbo uh, at Volusia. But uh, has the bleeding stopped with this whole controversy that, that started at the beginning of this year? Uh, take us through some of that, man. Well, I mean, that was really a bad deal. I, you know, I mean, I've expressed my opinions on uh, what went on down south and at Brunswick that led to some of the things that happened at, at Volusia. And, you know, really we got tired of going down south and and having tire rules and getting out-qualified by eight-tenths or a second by people that, you know, that never happened. Right, right. Else. And and you come out of there scratching your ass and wondering what the hell uh, yeah. to do after that. You know, I mean, it's like you think uh, you, you need to build a new car. You need to, you know, but... And the more I looked into it, the more uh, I kept hearing the stuff about, you know, tire softeners and different things. And, and we organized uh, a couple of different individuals to go down and do some testing before Brunswick this year. And and was I was amazed how much uh, speed there was. When you're at a racetrack that you're two compounds too hard and you can bring it down to the softness that you need, I mean, it's tremendous speed. then. Right. Uh, I think a lot of people's eyes got opened up. Uh, I think that the the promoter there at Brunswick did a great job in deciding that just needed to open it up and then let everybody go back to racing. And you know, we won the next two nights. And, yeah, man. And and it's just something that uh, I, I think that everyone that was down there that didn't realize, as I hadn't for years. And last year, I finally just said, hey, "This is not. There's something wrong here, you know. This Absolutely, ain't possible." And and went 
we started looking into it. Well, we ended up finding out enough and testing enough and learning how much it really mattered down there. And uh, and then all of a sudden things weren't okay no more. And that, and that's the sad part about it because, I mean, let's face it, Scott, the, the, the fans suffer. I mean, say what you will. We all have, you know, opinions of different promoters and, and, and different people in place in these series, you know, competition directors. But it's the fans, man. I mean, this is the only opportunity, let's face it, that they have to see uh, guys at your caliber, Scott Bloomquist. Now, I just hope whatever happened, you know, can be can be pushed on and, and, and certainly see in February. I mean, I, I doubt that'll happen, you know, just by talking to you off the air. But, uh, man, I just I just hope there's something that can be done for, for, for our selfish purposes down here, that's all. Well, you know, like I, I mean, when we talked earlier, I told you, you know, when I was 15, 16, me and my parents would uh, fly out to, to Florida and go to Volusia and, and it, during Speed Week and watch the races and, you know, I expected to see all those guys that yeah, the top guys in, and and that really disappointed me. Uh, my sponsor Bob Miller and, and Barbie's wife they have a oh, place yeah. down there, and, and you know they they were looking forward to seeing this race down at Volusia, and and just because of the combination of uh, the World of Outlaws uh, owning, uh, which is not World of Outlaws, it's uh, with uh, World Racing, oh, now yeah. Boundless, whatever it was, yeah, whatever. But anyway, the combination of the two series is trying to work together and owned by the same company. Uh, you know, we were informed that we'd be able to race there uh, on the non-sanctioned nights. Uh, UMP yeah, you would. showed up, and then we were told we're not going to get to race. And and we have so many sponsors that only come to Speed Week and sure. and come to Volusia because we tell them we're going to be there, and we had them all informed we were going to be there, and it, it was real disappointing. For them, it really didn't matter to me. Uh, I thought if, you know, I mean, I, I never have ever seen anything to where uh, Dale Earnhardt or even, you know, Jeff Gordon, any, any of the top guys in the past that were ever denied to race. You, know, you yeah. might get fined. You might get, right. you might get something. But, but to send, tell someone they cannot race, yeah. that's yeah. really fucking sport. And really, the, the sponsor that sponsors me, you know, that comes there, and it's like, wow, you know, a slap in the face. What am I, you know, what am I in this sport for? It's, yeah, exactly. It's so it's it's being run so wrong, and uh, you know, for something in a different series at a different racetrack to be carried over to Volusia for Speed Week when we yeah. had so many people that already had their, I had so many people that had rented motorhomes and fans of mine that. Had, planned their whole year around coming to that racetrack for that weekend that they were the ones i mean it, it didn't didn't hurt me near as much as them the worst part about it was and i mean when the people found out on tuesday or wednesday that you weren't you weren't going to be able to run or whatever was going down how many people actually stopped their stopped their trips and didn't come how much money did they actually lose on that deal they're the ones that lost i mean yeah you're not there they lose that loses people in the stands and no matter what they say i mean they just hurt the sport you're exactly right you know, I look at everything, and that's what I always try to get behind, anything that's good for the sport. And that's what we look at. And and whatever's good for the sport is is the direction I'm going to go. And I I was so shocked at that, uh, the direction that things went that was about nothing good for the sport. Definitely. You know, and, that's, and, I, and I tried to talk, and I, I talked to them at, at the time. And, and I've run some races there since, and... Uh, and I think that they've realized it to a degree, but 
that's one thing that's really difficult about having uh, series is run by corporations and by uh, people that influence them that have, have not really been put in a position to, to see the aftermath of, of decisions. And, you know, you, you can listen to maybe other uh, race car drivers and other, you know, and, and, yeah, they may want you to get thrown out or not be there for their own selfish reasons, but even if they thought about what was better for the sport, it's about more fans of mine watching them beat me. I mean, them outrun me. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what's the best for them is sure. me being there and them beating me. Well, that's where you talk about, we talk about the Brunswick deal, and I think what you said with the promoter, I think that's the best thing that Paul could have done for his show. Oh, yeah. Is what he done yes, to absolutely. keep his people interested in being there. Because yep. if you did, if you went the opposite direction, who knows what the tomorrow, Friday, Saturday is going to bring. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Scott, you know, you, that's why I said I take my hat off to him and uh, his son and everyone down there, and they, the week finished out fine, and there wasn't any controversy after that. And, uh, you know, and, and it was really, uh, it's something that's behind us. And, and, again, we've run with UMP and we've run with uh, World of Outlaws since. And, and I've not seen any problem with any of them. And, they're all, you know, everybody gets put in positions that they have to make decisions in haste and, and under pressure. And and I understand that, too. You know, I mean, we yeah. we uh, have always been someone that seemed to, Make people <laughs> go go at odds. With each other. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and and again, you know, we've it's over the years. I think that it's hurt us, you know, financially in some ways. But uh, actually, you know, the Rolling Stone said it best: even bad press is press. So I mean, no it, it ain't hurt us. Man. It ain't hurt us in the big picture. Exactly. Right. No doubt about it. Scott, you know, as long what? as they keep you the outlaw. That's right. I've always said you'll have more outlaws at your funeral than in-laws. That's right. And exactly you, right. And you are that, man. You are unbelievable. <laughs> God, I'll tell you what, this has meant so much to have you on the on the line for so long tonight. I uh, uh, just want to wish you the best up at uh, Florence. Uh, that's a little quick drive for you, uh, just north in Kentucky there. But, uh, man, have a great weekend and, and uh, be a part of our second program. This is this is one for the record books for us, Scott. Really appreciate hey, it. Hey, I appreciate you guys calling us, and everybody get out to Florence. It's going to be a great weekend. You know, Scott Bloomquist, driver of the Team Zero uh, Hawkeye Trucking Bloomquist chassis out of Mooresburg, Tennessee. Scottbloomquist.net. Absolutely. We there you go. Uh, Scott, <laughs> thanks, man. Appreciate right, it, buddy. Have a good right, night buddy. and good luck this weekend. You bet. Right. Thanks. Uh-huh. What do you think about that, Jack? Voodoo child, baby. Yeah, it's time, man. Ready to take a break? Yeah. It's unbelievable. We'll be right back with more Dirt work. That's pretty good. Absolutely.
16th at Charlotte County Motorsports Park, the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series invades the blacktop. The Dirt Late Models come in to Charlotte County Motorsports Park, $3,000 to win. Central Sheds and Trailers presents the biggest motorsports event of the summer as the Dirt Late Models hit the pavement of Charlotte County Motorsports Park. Race fans, you do not want to miss this one with pride and big bucks on the line. Saturday night, August the 16th, live at Charlotte County Motorsports Park, the battle on the blacktop. This is Shaw Smith, driver of the 17 SS Dirt Late Model, Central Sheds and Trailers Champion for 2007, and you're listening to Inside Florida Racing. Powermaster is your ASA series sponsor for the XS Power Batteries. Powermaster is pleased to announce the introduction of the XS Power series of batteries, XX Power Batteries for racing applications, and batteries for your car audio application. 12-volt batteries for street machines, street rods, off-road vehicles, and even motorcycles. Excess power batteries means 30% more power and no battery spilling. PowerMaster also carries your starters and alternators. Visit us on the web at www.powermastermotorsports.com. We are back with Joe Dirt, Billy the Kid on Dirt World. Welcome back to Dirt World, everybody. Once again, my name is Joe Dirt, alongside with my good friend Billy the Kid Osborne. Great interview with, of course, Scott Bloomquist just moments ago. I want to remind everybody you can be a part of this program tonight simply by logging on to Dirt World Show at Yahoo.com. On the line with us right now, checking in from Altoona, Iowa right he's now. He's in Knoxville. Exactly, Knoxville, Iowa. His home state, of course, the driver of the number 24 big game tree stands sprint car, Terry McCarl. Terry, how are you, buddy? Doing good. I really appreciate you taking some time to be with us here tonight. A lot of stuff to kind of pack into a few minutes. Uh, this is, of course, the, the one that has eluded you for so many years. This is the one you, you definitely want to uh, put uh, in the record books. How are you feeling about the race car in Knoxville this weekend? Well, good. You know, uh, just that. So many things got to happen and go your way. You got to be real fast. You got to be real lucky. So uh, you know, uh, tomorrow night's the big night for us. And uh, you know, getting you know one thing at a time. You got to get qualified well and then get through your heat race. And those are definitely big hurdles. And then uh, you know, do your best in the feature. Hope you can get to uh, start up front on Saturday night and, and uh, have a shot for that deal. No doubt, Terry. Talk about Monday night. Uh, that's a pretty big deal that has turned into a kind of a historic event, so to speak, uh, up there in Knoxville. How'd that go? We're also over in Oskaloosa. It's called the Front Row Challenge. It's, a, it's an event that I promote. Uh, Monday night's the wing race. It pays 5000 to win or 50000 to win from the back. Uh, Jack Honshaw won it from the back one year, and a couple guys have gotten real close. So uh, it's a big, it's a fun event. It's a great way to start the week, you know, for the Nationals. And then uh, last night, Tuesday night in Oskaloosa, <clears throat> excuse me, we had the USAC non-wing sprint cars, uh, $30,000 to win. It's a one-night stand for thirty grand. we call it. And, 
Dave Darling came out of that thing with thirty thousand bucks for one night's work. So that's wow. turning into a really big event for the for the non-wing guys, and it was a lot of fun and great racing. Well, you know, he's talking about uh, the Knoxville Nationals, and it's real big for you. Man, third last year, I thought you had the car to beat, and uh, you know, what would it mean to win that thing? You know, and get get it done with, and, and what would it mean to you and to to big game and to AmeriCashAdvance.com and DeBerg Concrete. What would it mean to pull that down this year? I mean, without a doubt, I'm rooting for you mostly because I want to see you do it, man. <laughs> yeah, I think last year we actually had, really had, we only started in the third row and worked our way up to second. And uh, just about got by Donnie on a restart there. And um, I think, you know, in the middle stages, we were actually turning a lot faster times than him and uh, got a little over anxious maybe on the, some of those uh, later starts and uh, kind of steeled my tire up a little bit. But, uh, you know, ended up with a you know podium finish, and uh, you know we've been up there three times or top five, three of the last seven years, I think. So uh, we've definitely been someone that, that can beat this, you know, has a chance of winning this race. But uh, you know, every year I get much smarter, much more mature about it, and uh, relax a little bit, and get a little more, uh, you know, realistically think I can win this race. So uh, again, so if we get started up in the first three rows, I think we got a good shot at it. But uh, again, so many things could happen. You got to be strong and. We've had a little turmoil on my team this year, trying to put together a good team. And Donnie, Donnie definitely has a great team over there, and uh, and that, that's one of the keys to winning this thing too. But uh, you know, I'm pretty confident, and hopefully, we can uh, do well and and then win this thing for Iowa. Nobody from Iowa has ever won this race. You've Got to be surprising. kidding me! Wow, that's a no? surprise. Terry, you talk about a little bit of turmoil on the team. I'll tell you one thing that has obviously gone real well in this day when uh, securing sponsorship is just so difficult. You've been able to successfully hold down big big game tree stands. I mean, this is. It has gone really well with this company, and of course, uh, hunting season right around the corner uh, is pretty big for them as well. Well, this is his demographic, you know. But he's been—we've known each other for a long time. He's been sponsoring me for about eleven, twelve years, and you know, started off as a little small sponsor, and uh, you know, we've grown up together and got to know each other, and uh, you know, we're good friends. And and he knows, like I said, this demographic is definitely what he needs for his company, which definitely helps oh, yeah. out. And uh, you know, we work real hard, you know, hand out his catalogs, and you know, definitely. Do the best we can to help, uh, you know, get people. I think racing fans are, you know, I think NASCAR and all all forms have proven how loyal race fans are to the sponsors. Oh, and, definitely, uh, brand loyal. You know, I think when they when they roll into a Cabela's or a Bass Pro Shops or you know around here Shields, uh, yeah. you know, they see big game trees fans. They know that he sponsors. Even if they're not a Terry McCarl fan, they know that he sponsors a, a sprint car, and I think they're more likely to buy one of his products. So yeah, man. It's no worked. Doubt. It's worked out. It's worked out real good for him. I'd say something else that's worked out this year pretty good is your son has stepped into a 360 Sprint car, and he's had some success. And I was talking to Lenny this afternoon, and he was telling me that they wouldn't let him run the 360 Nationals last week because he was Well, he can't, he's only 15 years old, so he's not able to run Knoxville, period. Knoxville's got a okay. – uh. insur- yeah, insurance anymore will let him run anywhere, pretty much anywhere we go, but uh, that's Rob Cavatani. I thought maybe they didn't, want, thought maybe they didn't want to let him run it because he was going to win it. No, no, I don't know about that. Uh, but, you know, that we were okay with that. Ralph's okay. a smart guy. You know, Knoxville's a big, fast track. So, you know, we're getting him some laps the other places the best we can. And, uh, you know, he's he's, ran, he's only raced, uh, you know, about eight, nine times, and he's got seven top tens and, a, you know, a couple wow. top fives. So uh, he's running pretty good. But, you know, you know he can wait. He can, he'll, you know, he can make it until next he'll year before he races. Now, Terry, that's Austin, right? Correct. Austin, okay. Uh, Carson, Carson, my little guy, is on a micro. So I got gotcha. you. Austin James. Place. There's a guy in Sanford, a uh, big race fan around Central Florida. Here comes the Volusia all the time. He's a late model and sprint car fan. He emailed me today when he found out we were going to have you on the program. He loves you not only for your driving ability, but the fact that you named your son Austin James. He may be a little bit older than you. He named his son Austin James, and you are the only other father on the planet that he has seen that uh, with with a with a son named Austin James. So he's a big fan. 
<laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, Terry, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, what are you doing right now? You're up in the suite, or no, you're in your uh, motorhome? Now we're sitting down, uh, big game tree stands, and a couple of other sponsors and myself got our motorhomes kind of circled back here in the campgrounds and uh, just getting ready to go up to, to the suite and, and watch some good racing tonight, I hope. Now take us through, you say you start out tomorrow night. Take us through what it takes to get there to Saturday. Tomorrow night qualifying and heat race or? You know, everything you do here, other than hot laps, of course, uh, starting with time trials is all for points. So right. it takes 200, 200 points to, to be quick time. It goes down by two points. And then the heat races pay 100 points to win, but it goes down by three points. So the heat races are really important too. So oh, wow. every time you hit, every time you hit the track is really important. You got to do your best to accumulate as many points as you can to get it started up front Saturday. Talk about that racetrack. Uh, as always, is this thing prepped to a T? Uh, they got it nice. It looks pretty good. Uh, it's one of the best track track crews in the country right here. Is the uh, the Duncans, and uh, they definitely do a great job. Excellent. Terry, our, 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 we're, we're with you down here in Florida, man, and uh, with you all the way. Uh, Lenny, of course, a good guy to have hanging around. Uh, kick him a couple times if he gets in the way, but I'll tell you what, man, just take it to him this weekend. I appreciate it. We love Florida. I've always uh, I got a lot of great friends down there, Randy Burnett and all my friends down there, and uh, uh, we've, we've done pretty good down in Florida, so I definitely enjoy being down there and look forward to going in uh, January, February. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you. Terry McCarl checking in with us from Knoxville, Iowa. Terry, thank you very much, man. Good luck. Okay, we'll talk to you later. All right, buddy. All right. Cool. He's cranked up, ready to roll. Here's a guy I'd like to see win this, and, and not because he's been so close so many times, but he is a local hero there. Oh, definitely. Um, I can't know, believe nobody from Iowa's ever won this race. Me and um, What a surprise. A lot of people don't realize that me and Lenny, we grew up together. And last year was the first time he got to go to Knoxville Nationals. Now, this year he's gone there. He told me last year, you see more Terry McCarl stuff than you see anything else. Oh, I'll bet. I'll bet. And so, I mean, think about it. If he wins this deal this weekend, they might tear that place down. Oh, buddy. yeah, definitely. Like, that's, like definitely. Our, that's like when Earnhardt Jr. won Daytona. You know, after his dad died in, in, in February, he won back in July. Oh, yeah. Come on now. So, oh, yeah. This could no be, doubt. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. He paid his dues there. And I, I mean, it's time. I'd love to see Terry That's McCall. like Patrick Patrick's Shelter winning Okeechobee. Right. You're exactly right. Did, did, did you talk Shelter, to Steve tonight? Speaking, speaking of Patrick Shelter, Steve Howell called a few minutes ago and checked in from Way Cross, Georgia, said he's listening to this show. Steve Way Cross, Georgia. That's Steve, a, he's a good man right there. Steve, no his doubt. wife, and little baby Steve. Marlon, Steve. Absolutely. What a family. Uh, always, enjoy, always enjoy making it to the racetrack. And haven't seen Steve in, in a couple of years, but uh, uh, always just throws that ladder down on the hall or lets us climb up there. Steve, we miss you down here, my man. Yeah, Steve's a good guy. They're good people. You know, they got to still have Showtime collectibles and stuff like that. And, and I'm sure he's going to take in the race this week at Waycross if he gets a chance. Uh, I know that Shelter's in Nashville racing the ARCA, and they're, they're looking to get a couple – Nationwide cars, so Patrick could race the end of the year. Was so. down in Okeechobee last week, coming in on State Road 70, coming from the east, heading west, right into the um, east side of Okeechobee. It's all ranch land down there. Steve will tell you that, and certainly Patrick will. So a big development going up right in the middle of a field, and uh, all the equipment, Shelter and Sons Construction. Right. I mean, they're big down there, man. He's I just saw all that stuff, and I thought about Patrick. He's racing, like I said, he's racing ARCA cars. They're looking for a couple of nationwide cars. They want to hit a couple of nationwide Because he scrapped the dirt. He's still, he's still doing some dirt. He won a World of Outlaw show last year. That's right. Well, I knew last year, but I mean, Yeah, he's still doing a little bit here and there. Um, you know, he's still dabbling in it. You know, like, kind of like um, McCready and the rest of them guys. But. Good deal. Good deal. Well, I'll tell you what. It is, we got just about six minutes left before this program is over. And, Jack, if you want to try to nail down Big E there, Eshelman, uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, if you can't get him, no problem. And, you know, Try to if we can get a hold of Rick, that'll be great. But man, we've had an action-packed show for the second. It's the second week of the you know of our show, the Dirt World, and 
I mean, it's going to start to pick up. People's going to start, you know, they're, they're going to be all over listening, you know. And uh, okay. you want you want to take a just a, a very quick thirty second break? Let's. All right, let's do it. We'll be right back. Thirty seconds. We're getting Ashman, folks. We'll be right back. Terry was good. Guys, Bloomer was awesome, man. He didn't want to hang hey. up. Had him for about a half hour. Take it away. You're kidding me. A half hour. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to Dirt World on RealRacingUSA.com. I'm Joe Dirt. I'm Billy the Kid. And it's certainly glad to be back on board with you. We've just got about four minutes, but uh, you're much more important than that, Rick Eshelman. How are you, sir? Joe, line dancer, and Dick Osborne. What's up, guys? Oh, nice. What's up, man? What's going on? <laughs> hey, man, are you enjoying this little break before you got to run back out west? Twelve days of heaven, guys. Yeah. Been relaxing, getting caught up on work, and actually, I, I sleep in my own bed. It's kind of cool. I'll bet it is. Hey, man, now you're not going to go to the north-south this weekend? No, no. Long drive, and uh, considering we just did a 7,100-mile stint in one month, we got another month trip coming up here in less than a week, so kind of kind of kick back and enjoy life here and get prepared for the next big races because there's a ton coming up and you don't want to miss them we know that you uh that you're a late model guy but we just was on the phone with terry mccarl who's out at the knoxville nationals and you know the late malls have their own knoxville nationals and we were talking about that place rick and how awesome is that place just to go to for you know for any national or whatever race it may be well, you know, Billy, I've been there for the Knoxville Nationals for the late model division. Of course, our World of Outlaws were there a couple of years ago. You walk on the grounds, and you know you're someplace special. It's like being at Eldora. They've got the Sprint Car Hall of Fame right there, a gigantic grandstand, and I believe it holds in the vicinity of about twenty, thirty thousand. I've been told, and you know, it's just it's an awesome place. It's well manicured, well groomed, and everybody's proud of what they built there. And there's a lot of history. I mean, it's just a place like you have to experience. Rick, uh, we were looking at some results, and, uh, you know, a lot of your guys that are contracted with the World of Outlaws late models, uh, you know, they're going to stay busy. And we noticed, uh, like, Steve Francis, man, he hasn't slowed down out there. No, these guys, Joe, do it for a living. You know, this is kind of like me and you. If we punch a time clock, we got to be there. Well, in order to get paid, he's got to race. Yeah. And when there's time off, some guys will regroup. Some guys will run their local track. Some guys will, you know, be like Steve and pick up some sanctioned races here and there. But, uh, yeah, he's a gamer. He'll go to anything, anytime. And he's got he's not using his own equipment now, guys. He's running for Dale Beitler. Right. And that's a whole different deal when you can use someone else's equipment and continue on. That's Scott Bloomquist, uh, as you know, earlier this evening in uh 
you, we, we just, you got to mend the fences with this guy and get him back on board with the world of outlaws. Well, it's not a, really a thing of mending fences. He doesn't have a problem with us. He's raced with us already a couple times this year, and, you know, there's no hard feelings or bad blood or anything like that. Scott has nothing left to prove other than the fact of winning money now. So to run our races, when we have a big money show, guaranteed he's going to be there, like it's a scorcher coming up here at Bull's Gap in about a week or so. By the way, he put the rumors to rest. He isn't buying a damn thing. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't need to. He's selling them chassis. He's still making money racing. His apparel trailer is doing immaculate, you know. Guy's got the world by the hairs, and he's having fun. No doubt about you know, it. Speaking of that, uh, give us a winner. Pick a winner for Saturday night's. Uh... Saturday night's what? North South. North. Wow. Well, hmm. You're going to put me on the spot here, but, you know, you take a look at some of the guys that are going for this thing. Steve Shaver's won it a couple times. Moyer's pretty strong when it comes to that kind of racetrack. Scott James. It's a Lucas race. I'm going to have to say just because it's a Lucas Series race, Earl Pearson would probably be my pick as an odds-on favorite. But there's going to be so many good drivers there. It's going to be hard to pick any one driver to win this thing. That's going to be cool. Rick, we are against the clock, and our program is over. Uh, you've been a, a vital part of this program for the last two weeks, and we certainly hope we can continue this in the future. I'll pick Jim. Oh, Joe, Joe, Billy, anytime, guys. You know I'd do anything for you guys. You're my buds. You guys put on a great racing show. And it's not just BS on the air. It's actual knowledge and good talk about racing. And you can cover everything. It's not just NASCAR. It's not just dirt. It's not just pavement. It's everything. You guys do a great job. So continue on, and I'd be glad to anytime you want me. Billy, it's big Jimmy Owens. I'm going to go with Scott Bloomquist, and uh, you got Earl Pearson, Jr. We'll compare those next. Whoever Wednesday. the winner might be, we're going to try to get him on Dirt that's, World next Wednesday night. That's exactly right. We certainly. Well, in other words, I'll be getting a call probably next Sunday. Hey, I need this guy's number. <laughs> oh, come on, Ricky. Yeah, that's all. Hey, I'm a little disappointed in old Wilhelm Krauss winning his heat and not making the feature. Hey, when we're done here, I do want to give you a phone call. I want to take you to a website of Dave Shank Photo. He's our photographer. Oh, yeah, I know Dave real well. Yeah, you do. DaveShankPhoto.com. Now, go to VSP. Go to August 2nd. Rick, now listen to me. Go to picture number 122 of 122 on August 2nd, VSP. Do that and call me, man. It's a great shot of uh, Wilhelm Krauss, Willie the Wind. <laughs> Friday night, Ocala Speedway, Saturday night, Volusia Square Park. Wrestling and racing. racing. Florida Wrestling Association and the late models are back at Ocala on Friday night. We want to thank Scott Bloomquist, Terry McCarl, certainly Rick Eshelman, and everybody involved with Dirt World. I'm Joe Dirt. I'm Billy the Kid. Till so next week. So long, everyone. Good night. Boy, I'm a boy,